Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 84. That was beautifully done, said Shadow. I didn't see you palm it, and I don't know how you did that last bit. I did not palm it, she said. I took it, and now I give it to you to keep safe. Here, don't give this one away. She placed it in his right hand and closed his fingers around it. The coin was cold in his hand. Zoria Pulishnaya leaned forward and closed his eyes with her fingers and kissed him lightly once upon each eyelid. Shadow awoke on the sofa, fully dressed. A narrow shaft of sunlight streamed in through the window, making the dust motes dance. He got out of bed and walked over to the window. The room seemed much smaller in the daylight. The thing that had been troubling him since last night came into focus as he looked out and down and across the street. There was no fire escape outside this window, no balcony, no rusting metal steps. Still, held tight in the palm of his hand, bright and shiny as the day it had been minted, was a 1922 Liberty Head silver dollar. Oh, you're up, said Wednesday, putting his head around the door. That's good. You want coffee? We're going to rob a bank. And that's our page. Once again, we have a short chapter to close out, or a short page, rather, to close out Shadow's portion of the chapter. Shadow continues to think that real magic is stage magic, much like Mad Sweeney's coin tricks, and he's still remaining ignorant of this. I know it's, it's once again, he's got, he's got these misgivings about stage magicians, or at least him being a stage magician, and so when someone does real magic, he seems to think that they just have that, they have that ability to tell a proper story through their emotion and through their body and through their 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 vocalizations and such that he doesn't have. So instead of thinking, this is something I can't do because it's literal magic, he thinks, this is something I can't do because I don't have the skill or the ability or the natural storytelling ability, which I would call bullshit on, but it's a little early to do that for now. In these instances, though, people are being mystical and maybe a bit odd, so Shadow thinks that this is the kind of this is the kind of storyteller he needs to be when he's doing magic. And I feel like it hasn't been on previous reads, but it starts to get a little frustrating that he remains so remarkably dense in the face of really odd shit events that happen. When uh, Shadow was palming Sweeney's coin in the funeral home and a few other places, it didn't appear that there was a specific hand mentioned. Though his first coin trick in Jack's was uh, had a lot of placement, but uh, here it's mentioned that Zoria Pulishnaya puts the coin into his right hand. I'm not sure if he was right or left-handed is basically what I'm trying to get at, and I think this means maybe right-handed. It's probably not at all relevant to the story as a whole, but I'm trying to make notes of odd little things that I noticed that I haven't really noticed before. So she closes his eyes after handing him the coin, and it kind of was evocative of putting coins over the eyes to me. I think it's probably me reaching a bit, but it gave me a chance to do some research. In uh, the tradition was mostly Greek, though it was Roman as well. Coins were thought to use to pay the boatman Charon. Charon? Charon? Charon, I think. To convey the person's spirit to the land of the dead. And I'll have more to say about that in about a week or so. But in... Coins were placed either on the eyelids, although sometimes they were just placed within the burial ground, not specifically on the eyes, although there were corpses found with coins in their mouths, or otherwise in or around the skull. In parts of Gaul, about 40% of graves were found with coins within, though none specifically on the mouths or the eyes. 
but the practice continued amongst Christians well into the 20th century, though with less and less frequency. I don't know that this is necessarily what we're going to call back to, but I have a short page and I've got to fill some time. I get paid by the minute, you know. Shadow then awakens, fully clothed on the couch. As I noted before on 79, there's no mention of Shadow undressing, but that he does get dressed on pages 80 and 81 again, so one would assume he did undress before bed. It's, it's If we're discussing the whether or not this was a dream, those are the sorts of things we have to look for, and I don't have any indication that it's not a dream, but I also... It seems pretty wild that someone would pull down the moon... We can talk about that. Just give me a call. Let me know what you think. Shadow notes that there's no fire escape outside the window, which I think is further evidence that it was a dream. But I guess if you can pull down the moon and compress it into a little coin, perhaps summoning a fire escape that goes up to the roof is not entirely out of the ordinary either. The final line on the page of Wednesday asking if Shadow wants coffee and then saying they're going to go rob a bank is a really good chapter ender for Shadow. It's it, it definitely makes you want to know what's going on more, but then we have about a seven or eight page stretch of a new Coming to America section, and I think that is what people don't like about the Coming to America sections. There's there's definitely an interruption in the flow of the story, and we can we can discuss that a little more at the end of the chapter proper. I don't know that there's anything else, though. I'm getting cold out here in my recording space, so let's cut it short. Get in touch with us at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.